Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, it is Passion Week, um, and we've been going over some events leading up to the death and burial and resurrection of Christ over the last few days. Uh, on yesterday's program, we looked at the um, event when Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem, um, knowing w- what is in store for them and for rejecting their Messiah. And, and now this this morning we're looking at uh, Jesus's, essentially, is this his last night? with You have to forgive me for my chronology here. Is he with the disciples on the last night here before his crucifixion? Yeah, this would, he you know, so it's a, a, essentially a Thursday night that they've gathered. They Friday, you know, Friday morning he's going to be, uh, arrested in the and tried and crucified. Uh, so you've got, yeah, this is his last last Passover meal with his disciples. We saw at the beginning of the week was it was six days before the Passover when he was in Bethany with uh, Lazarus and Simon the leper and Mary and Martha and many others, uh, and and now he's now in. This is the last Passover that he's going to experience with his disciples. And this is often referred to as the the institution of the Lord's Supper. This is mm-hmm. when Jesus gave us this meal and, and said, do this remembering me. And uh, that's why right down to this day, Christians celebrate the Lord's Supper because he said, do this. And, and it's interesting that in this meal, you know, he may, doesn't necessarily make the comment about the lamb, which was the big part of the meal of the Passover supper was, you know, a, a lamb would be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, someone said that during this time of, of Jerusalem, the, you know, one of the ways they took a census of how many people were there was uh, how many lambs would have been slaughtered during this period of time. There was well over 200,000 lambs slaughtered to feed the people that had come to Jerusalem for the Passover, this night of Passover. And Jesus, in the process of presenting himself, he's, again, as we talked about this week, he's saying, I am the lamb that was slain for the forgiveness of sins. Mm. And so it was all the Old Testament was pointing to this this moment, and he, in, and he institutes it. We, well, we're in Luke chapter 22. Let me just read read this. It says, And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourself. For I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
and likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. And that, you know, that's, that's the institution from Luke. We also have it in, in Matthew chapter 26, um, you know, the same, the same things. Mm-hmm. One of the things that strikes me from this passage, Jesus said to them in verse 15, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I was talking to you guys before the show, and one of the things that Jesus does in pre- preparing to go to the cross is he's actually comforting his disciples over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Just like a, a good father or good mother would prepare for uh, their own death by by making sure that their estate is arranged for when they die and their children are, 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 are taken care of to the best of their ability. What Jesus is doing here, it, even down to this day, that this, this, this uh, sacrament of Lord's Supper uh, is a token that Jesus earnestly desires to be with us, that he loves us, that he has taken care of our eternal inheritance. And uh, I'm just struck by by Jesus should be the one that's saying, hey, you guys need to comfort me because I'm going to go be crucified. And yet it's exactly the opposite. Jesus is the one who's comforting his disciples. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's John's gospel that says of the, of these events, Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Mm-hmm. Jesus keeps on loving his followers right to the end, and and he and, loves. And, and it's it's more than just the end of their life; it is to the perfection of their yes. life in eternity. Yeah, Amen. And he loves them by continuing to teach, mm-hmm. and um, you know. He just he continues over and over again to to teach them what's about to happen and the significance of what's about to happen. And there's nothing more significant about the crucifixion. There's no more significant teaching about the crucifixion than the supper that Jesus gave us. Mm-hmm. When he said, this is my body, he took the bread, this is my body given for you, and then the cup my blood poured out for you, the cup of the new covenant. That, that obviously, you know, right down to this day, we, we take that supper as a, as a way of enacting and literally taking into ourselves the significance of the death of Jesus mm-hmm. and, and what it is for us. My body given for you. Yeah. The, the, the most important word in that sentence might be for yeah. For you. And the second is you. <laughs> yes. Personalizing it. It's yes. not just a general thing. It is an actual accomplishment for mm-hmm. you, for your benefit. You know, we talked about how the Gospels are passion narratives and, you know, aimed at showing why Jesus is going to the cross. Josh, you began by saying it's significant that Jesus was looking forward to this moment. He's putting in, he's putting his ultimate emphasis on on things. In chapter nine of of Luke is when 
Peter makes that uh, wonderful confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Immediately after that, Jesus begins to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, be killed, and on the third day raised again. And so from chapter 9 all the way up to this point, has been going to the cross. He, you know, he, at the end of chapter nine, he sets his face toward Jerusalem. This is his last journey to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you know, if we understand the life of Christ, he he had gone multiple times. This is the last one, and it takes up uh, most of the gospel. And now he's come to that point where he's putting the ultimate emphasis and leaving them a picture. Now, somebody said about you know preaching. Christ, you know, and the Lord's Supper. I think it was Robert Bruce who was a a Scottish theologian. He says, you don't get a better Christ in the Lord's Supper than you do in the preaching of the Word, but you may get Christ better for yourself. Uh Um, It's the same one that's proclaimed. It's the same one that Jesus... This is the same... uh, event that Jesus has been prophesying and talking about and moving toward but in one sense, they're going to get him better for themselves. They're going to, re- you know, and, and the, in the institution, in the constant remembrance of these things, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes. In that constant repetition of that, you are remembering that he died for the forgiveness of all of your sin. Mm-hmm. And you're getting him better for yourself. Well, the, these sacraments, you know, they're what we call signs and seals of the covenant. They're God's uh, visible vows of his of His love for us, of his favor for us, uh, of the fact that we've been forgiven, that we've been united to Christ. And, and just like a wedding ring, I, I mean, I'm, after I've been married for 21 years now, I think my wedding ring has more significance now than it, than it ever did in those first couple of years because I look at it and I'm saying, this is my wife's pledge to me that she'll love me until I die. And when we, you know, these, these signs and seals that Jesus has given to us, they're meant for us to remember every time that Jesus is covenantally committed to us and he sealed that covenant in his own blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Greek word behind remembrance when Jesus says, do this, in remembrance of me, the Greek word is anamnesis, and it implies um, a, a kind of remembering that brings the past right, in, right into the present, that when we take the supper, when we remember the sacrifice of Jesus in our place, we're remembering that event 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. The power of that event extends right into the present moment. Mm-hmm and is the act that saved us, that forgave our sin, that reconciled us to God, um, mm-hmm. that gave us a future hope. And so we're not simply remembering something that happened a long time ago and wasn't that wonderful. No, the, the power of it extends right into the present moment. Now, yeah. but by that, we're not saying that, that you know, we are Protestants and, and uh, we are not saying that the the bread and the, wine of communion literally become the body and blood of Christ. Right. And 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 you would actually 
should understand that simply by the fact that as he's as he's standing there and holding that element and saying, "This is my body." Yes. It, it is purely a, a symbolic, you know, this is a yes. sign of my body because he's yes. still standing there. He's he didn't still standing so, right He didn't there. somehow mystically just in front of them become bread. So we understand that those elements remain the same. But when we, we receive them by faith, we receive all that those things represent. We, yep. re- we receive the what is represented there. We receive that communion and fellowship that we have with God mm-hmm. through his son. No man comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. We're receiving that fellowship and communion with God through his son. We're also receiving the benefits of that forgiveness of, of the body that's been broken for us. That's right, yeah. So isn't today called Monday Thursday? So I mean, uh, of, of did I get that right? Or you look at me like Monday, M A U N D Y. And I remember when when I was a little boy, my the the church I grew up in, the Presbyterian church I grew up in, we always had a Monday Thursday service. And I thought when I was a kid, I thought, make up your mind: is it Monday or is it Thursday? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, Monday is uh, an old English word for commandment. Yeah. So it's commandment Thursday, and it refers to the new commandment that Jesus gave his disciples the night he gave them the supper. He said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We've been going over the events of Passion Week. If you've missed any of our episodes, you can subscribe to our podcast. Just go to The Gospel for Life in whatever app you use. And uh, we will see you next time. 